0: Hello and welcome to the Daily Homily with Father Kevin Drew. Father Drew is the pastor of St. Anne's Church in Excelsior Springs, Missouri. Father Drew's daily mass can be heard weekdays at 11 Central on Catholic Radio Network Channel Gabriel 2. And now, here's Father Drew. A reading from the first letter of John Beloved, if God so loved us, we also must love one another. No one has ever seen God. Yet if we love one another, God remains in us and his love is brought to perfection in us. This is how we know that we remain in him and he in us, that he has given us of his spirit. Moreover, we have seen and testified that the Father sent his Son as Savior of the world. Whoever acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God remains in him and he in God. We have come to know and to believe in the love God has for us. God is love. And whoever remains in love remains in God and God in him. And this is love brought to perfection among us, that we have confidence on the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. So one who fears is not yet perfect in love. The word of the Lord. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. O God, with your judgment endow the king, and with your judges, the king's son. He shall govern your people with justice, and your afflicted ones with judgment. The kings of Tarshish and the Isle shall offer gifts. The kings of Arabia and Seba shall bring tribute. For he shall rescue the poor when he cries out, and the afflicted when he has no one to help him. He shall have pity for the lowly and the poor, the lives of the poor." He shall save. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. After the five thousand had eaten and were satisfied, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and proceed him to the other side toward Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. And when he had taken leave of them, he went off to the mountain to pray. When it was evening, the boat was far out on the sea, and he was alone on shore. Then he saw that they were tossed about while rowing, for the wind was against them. About the fourth watch of the night, he came toward them walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out. They had all seen him and were terrified. But at once he spoke with them. Take courage It is I. Do not be afraid. He got into the boat with them, and the wind died down. They were completely astounded. They had not understood the incident of the loaves. On the contrary, their hearts hardened the gospel of the Lord. A bonfire of booze. That is what Louis Charles Levin, who would go on to be a Pennsylvania congressman, conducted in 1842. It was a huge public demonstration against taverns and the issuing of liquor licenses. Levin started a journal as well called the Temperance Advocate. In the 1840s, immigrants from Ireland and Germany had flooded into America's big cities like Levin's own Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. And with the immigration came an increase in drunkenness and crime. My own Irish forefathers, three brothers from Limerick, came in through New York in 1842, the same year as Levin's bonfire of booze. One of them became a priest. But was drinking among the Irish and Germans Louis Charles Levin's real problem? Or was his problem more of a political one? The poor Irish and Germans were Catholics for the most part, and due to their large families, they were starting to take over the cities in the Protestant United States. In 1843, a public school ruling was passed that excused Catholic children from Bible reading class because the Protestant King James version was used in 1844 Levin went into an Irish Catholic neighborhood and started a protest, but the locals ran him off. Levin returned with 3000, mostly peaceful protesters who started a riot, killing dozens of people, injuring hundreds more and leaving many homeless, most of the neighborhood homes were burned, and two Catholic churches were completely demolished. Louis Charles Levin went on to become the founder of the Know-Nothing Party. They were nativists that sought to check the soaring influence of immigrants, but particularly Catholic immigrants who were, quote-unquote, controlled by a pope in Rome and bishops in America. When questioned about their harassment of Catholics, party members would answer, I know nothing. John Neumann was a seminarian from Bohemia when he came in through New York in 1836 with a dollar in his pocket. He was ordained a priest three weeks later and went to work among the German-speaking immigrants in western New York. In 1852, against his will, he became the Bishop of Philadelphia, a town of riots and know-nothings. Neumann was not well received. The few wealthy and influential Catholics wanted a refined gentleman with a great personality, Neumann was short, undignified-looking, and spoke with a thick Bohemian accent. The Irish in Philadelphia, of course, wanted someone Irish. Neumann, however, was very smart. He knew several languages, was an excellent administrator, and a tireless worker. The story goes that when an Irish woman went to confession to the newly installed bishop, she confessed her sins in the Irish, Gaelic. Neumann on the other side of the screen absolved her in Gaelic. Upon leaving the confessional, the old Irish lady was heard to say in her Irish brogue, Praise be Jesus, we at least have an Irish bishop. Under Neumann's care, the number of Catholic schools in his diocese increased from two to 100. He was the first to organize a diocesan school system, making him one of the major founders of Catholic education in America. His greatest attribute, however, was his love for his flock. People woke up to that fact after he died, collapsing in the snow working himself to death at the age of 48 in 1860. St. John Neumann was canonized a saint of the church in 1977. He was the first, I think only, United States bishop to become a saint.